Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, one of the best NFL insiders in America. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. You know, you and I talked a couple times during training camps this summer, Frank, and both of us, and not me because I'm doing a statewide show in Michigan, but I really thought the Lions were in that next group. Pretty much every national prognosticator said they were on that next bubble, and then they start the season one and one. They're leading Minnesota by 10 in Minneapolis, and you're like, they look legit. And the bottom falls out, and they're getting worse every week, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this team. Yeah, it's really disappointing. And it wasn't just this blind optimism with the Lions. It was rooted in the fact that they had a ton of close games last year and a really bad record in close games. And that usually flips around. That That's usually pretty unlucky. And they played well at the end of last year. And they, they had a good offseason, or so I thought. And, you really, and you're right, through, you know, two games and three quarters, it was like, mm. okay, they're fine. Like, this is actually pretty good. You know, you look back on the Eagles' loss in week one. Okay, you lost the Eagles. The Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC. And then it's just completely fallen apart. And, I mean, it's just weird, too, how the offense has just disappeared. I mean, you thought through, you know, four games or five games or whatever it was that, all right, the Lions are going to be one of those teams that they can't stop anybody, but they could – you know, be in shootouts and be interesting at least. And then you go from that to two straight games without a touchdown. Uh, that's confounding to me. It's all just bad for the Lions right now. And, you know, I mean, Campbell, uh, he, he, he does a lot of things that you like out of a head coach. He seems like a good leader and all that. But what he's really been, I think anyway, unable to do is keep this team's confidence level high. I mean, you, you drop that game to Minnesota you shouldn't go straight in the tank after that. You're only one and two. You're fine. You, there's no reason to really panic at that point. But it just, from the outside looking in, it looks like one of those cases where the Lions just fell into the abyss of, you know, hey, we were a four-win team last year, whatever, the three-win team last year, whatever they were. We're the Detroit Lions. have no history of success. Here we go again, and we're just going to be bad again. He just didn't seem to be able to kind of keep them from going down that spiral. There's some crazy stories that have developed, and we're less than halfway through the 2022 NFL regular season. When you look at the Lions bottoming out, Tom Brady seems incredibly frustrated with everything, and that could be related to personal issues. If you have those at home, I don't care who you are, they're going to go with you when you go to work. Uh, the Packers have hit rock bottom. I. Look at these. I know you do the storyline business at Yahoo Sports, but it's crazy right now. Things you never saw coming back uh, third week of August. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny that, you know, you mentioned the Packers and the Buccaneers together because it's almost hard to separate them at this point because the stories are so similar where these are two teams. We both, everybody expected to be contenders this year and but they had you know really talented rosters and you were hoping hey the 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 quarterback has lost some guys around him brady lost gronkowski rogers obviously lost Devontae adams and they were both at an age where you're like this could turn at any point and you know even though brady is seven i believe seven years older than rogers Everybody other than Brady has pretty much fallen off at the age Aaron Rodgers is at right now. It is unbelievably rare 
to do what Brady's doing into his mid-40s. That's not the norm. He's the exception. So Brady and Rodgers were at these ages where you're like, uh, okay, this, the, the expiration date could hit at any time, and it certainly seems to have. I'm not saying either of these guys are bad. They certainly aren't. But especially in Brady's case, he looks like an average quarterback. Now, I have to say, being an average quarterback in the NFL at age 45 is unbelievable. It is absolutely, positively never been seen before. But when you go from second in the MVP voting to an average quarterback, well, that's a big drop. And I don't think the Buccaneers are really prepared for that. I don't think they're really equipped to handle Brady being not the top five quarterback, but maybe a top 15 quarterback. And they haven't been able to adjust well, and they've lost a two. They've lost a two of the worst teams of football the last two weeks. I don't know that they can get themselves out of this. It just looks kind of broken for them. Packers, I guess they can get better. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is necessarily hitting the wall, but I, he didn't do anything to help him yesterday either. I, it, it was 47 passing yards in the first half against the Washington Commanders. Like, what are you doing? They're two and a half games behind the Vikings. If they lose to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, which they should, they're three and a half games behind the Vikings. If the Vikings handle their business against Arizona, I just I don't know that either of these teams can get out of this tailspin. I, I think it's just both of these teams and their both quarterbacks have kind of hit the wall a little bit and started to decline both at the same time. It's crazy, man. Look at you know Ryan out in Indy. Uh, Erlinger is going to be the. Cold starter for the rest of the season. Wentz, I don't think he's getting his quarterback job back in Washington after the commanders beat the Packers. And yeah, he's, you know, I, I think Brady, and I, I agree with you that his longevity has created a false sense of security for NFL teams with their star quarterbacks that they can go that long. Absolutely. 100%. Right? Uh, it, it was. It was strange how a lot of NFL teams looked at Tom Brady playing great at 42, 43, even 44 last. I mean, Tom Brady led the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns last year. And they all said, okay, well, our quarterback can do that too when every other quarterback has basically been dust at 39 is usually, I think that, there's a stat out there that I, you know, Elway, Marino, and a couple other Hall of Fame quarterbacks all all kind of retired at the same age, and I think it was 39, might have been 38 even. It's just it's really rare. Favre did it, Warren Moon did it for a little bit, like right at 40. Nobody has gone beyond really 41 and had any success. So, yes, it was absolutely foolish for teams to just say. Well, Brady did it. Everybody can do it. Now, Brady's a freak. Brady is uh, nobody else has really done what he's done in the history of the NFL. So, yes, I do think teams have it threw teams off that the Colts were like, oh, sure, Matt Ryan. Tom Brady's great at 44. Of course, Matt Ryan could be good at 38. Well, not necessarily. I mean, most quarterbacks aren't that good at that age. So, I think everybody, every smart team, at least in the NFL, kind of has to recalibrate and just say, we're not using Brady as, as an example anymore because nobody's ever going to do that again. This is what it is for quarterbacks. And once you reach 37, 38, it's just warning signs blaring everywhere that, no, it's not going to continue as it, as it has continued. Frank Rob Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider joining us. Yeah, so a lot of moving. Uh, Rogers, I, I saw this note. Uh, a double-digit underdog for the first time in his NFL career. Wow. 
Unbelievable, right? Yeah, 213 games, and he's never been a double-digit underdog. Most he'd been was eight and a half, and now that's uh, that was eight years ago at Seattle. This you know this week he's ten and a half point underdog at Buffalo, and I it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, do they have any fight left? I mean, I, I assume so. I I assume we're gonna. We're going to see the Packers kind of backed into a corner here, and and whatever they got, we're going to see on Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, but this, if they go out and this Bills team would turn off your lights really quick, but they go out and lose to the Bills thirty-eight ten or whatever, which is, I mean, I guess on the table. Then where do we go with the Packers? I, I mean, I just. Even in in the most optimistic scenario, I don't know if the Packers can beat this team. I, I guess any given Sunday type of deal, but they're definitely not as good as the Bills. They have to go play at the Bills, who are coming off a bye week, so they're going to be well rested. Uh, this could get you know three and five. Like I said, they, they if everything holds the form, they're waking up next Monday morning three and a half games out of first place in the NFC North. And the Vikings already have the game in hand on them from the week one win. So it can spiral pretty quickly for the Packers here. And what we're talking about when we look at the Packers bottoming out, the Bears not using fields the right way. They look in total disarray with a young, inexperienced head coach. And you look at the Vikings who have been lucky, but you make your own luck. And the Lions had that 10-point lead. This was a potential season where the Lions could have stole the NFC North. I know, yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, the Vikings are kind of stealing it. Like, you look, and and this is a team that needed fourth quarter rallies to beat the Lions and the Bears at home. Wow. Are they good? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, so yeah, this was a year where if the Lions were three and three right now, or I don't know if they played seven games or or, or six. I think they played just six. But they were three and three right now. You'd be saying, hey, this is not that bad. If they would have got that win over the Vikings, the Vikings are four and two. You're like. They're a game out. The Packers are in disarray. The Lions uh, can make a run at this, especially the rest of the NFC stinks, too. It's not like a wild card of the spots are just locked up. You look at who's good in the NFC West, who's good in the NFC South. I mean, nobody. So, yeah, this it was a bad year for the Lions to, to be disappointing. Sure was. Uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider, joining us uh, here on the huge show across Michigan. The great stories. You know, we talk about some of the negatives. Uh Jets, Giants, uh, the Chiefs minus Tyree Kill, the Bills you just talked about uh, who won at Kansas City, the Chiefs, what they did to the Niners uh, yesterday, McCaffrey's debut, I just uh, or debut at least with the team. It, I'm telling you, it, it, the league seems to be really top-heavy, and then there's a, a, the bottom feeders and a lot of teams in the middle. Yeah, it almost seems like everybody's kind of feeling their way out. Like, usually we talk about a team, some teams, the Patriots in particular through the years, use September to kind of figure things out. And they're not, it's almost a preseason. This year, it almost seems like that's happening in September and October. <laughs> I mean, there's some teams that really haven't figured out what they are yet. Now, you know, you didn't even mention this, and nobody wants to hear this. I realize that. The Dallas Cowboys are a heck of a story. That Dallas Cowboys, who had this miserable offseason, everybody wrote them off. They had this horrible week one loss where they just got blasted by the Buccaneers, lost Dak Prescott, and everybody, including myself, I'm not hiding from that, said the Dallas Cowboys are done. They are absolutely toast for 2022. And here we are. They are, you know, they're 5-2. and two. They just are 4-2, and two, whatever they are. They, they got Dak Prescott back. They've had some quality wins. They have maybe the best defense in football. The Dallas Cowboys are a heck of a story after everybody wrote them off after week 
one. Everybody. I don't think there was anybody out there saying, no, no, the Cowboys are going to weather this and be the fourth best team in football. Yeah, and what they did to the Lions, Lions had their chances to beat them. As a matter of fact, if you look outside of their loss to uh, um, Tampa and you look at the loss against the Eagles, I'm talking Cowboys, Lions had their chances to get them uh, in the first half, early second half, and they just couldn't get it done. I, I love their defense. Uh, Dak back uh, is big, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're one of the great stories uh, in the NFC, but the NFC, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, last time you were on, Frank. If you did the NFC power poll, right, the, obviously Philly would stand at the top of that list and, and there'd be no debate, right? You know, you're looking at the best teams in the NFC. Now, now you roll in and you're going to name the second best team in the NFC. And I, am I going to, God forbid, say the New York Giants? <laughs> I mean, I, I put Dallas number two easily. Like, not even a question. I, and that's just in my mind. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in three weeks that'll look stupid. But number three on that list, is it the Giants? It really might be. It really, oh, the gosh. third best team in the NFC might be the New York Giants. Who, I can't, I think, I might be wrong. I, I'm, I'm getting all these numbers wrong because now we've had bye weeks, so it screws me up. But I believe in six of their seven games, they've trailed going into the fourth quarter. And they're somehow six and one. I just what they've done is just remarkable. It's unsustainable, but they're winning, so it doesn't matter. You're six and one in the NFC. You're going to make the playoffs unless you just absolutely positively collapse. Brian Dayball has just instilled this team with confidence, and I think that so much of sports, maybe, and especially NFL football in a short season, is just do you believe? The Detroit Lions don't believe. They don't. You can see it. Like they just, you know, Jamal Williams fumbled at the goal line yesterday. And it's like that's the game. Like they're not. They're not <laughs> bouncing back from that. Whereas the New York Giants, because Brian Dayball is coming in and still a different culture. They're down in the fourth quarter and they don't care. They they just figure we're gonna we've done this before. We're gonna find a way to win, and they do time after time. I just I, th- th- that's an intangible thing. We can look at their, you know, here are their receivers and they're not any good, and their defense is this and that, but. They have the confidence that, hey, we're just going to win. We're going to figure out a way. And I give Dayball a ton of credit for that. And I mean, even with some other really, really good coaches in the NFL, you have Robert Sala is doing a great job. I think Mike McCarthy's done a great job. There's been a few of them. I think Brian Dayball might win Coach of the Year unanimously if you voted today. He's been that good in turning around the Giants. Can't wait for the Jets and the Giants in the Super Bowl. And we'll check in with Frank Schwab from Yahoo.com. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where these two teams go. Let's put it that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, this conversation in Michigan, where people are like, "Well, Dan Campbell needs another year." I heard it with Morningweg. I heard it with Patricia Marinelli. We can go down the Lions' former coaches list. Uh, Schwartz. Uh, I I just look at Dan Campbell, and my honest opinion is, when things hit the fan, when they're going well on the field. He has that air of confidence. It's easier to portray a head coach. But when they hit the fan, his adjustments and lack of and how him and his staff have been massively outcoached in-game has shown since that great start. It really hasn't. And it's shown last year, for the most part, outside of a few games at the end where they got it right. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And, I mean, as we sit here, I didn't think this would be the case. But you have to be honest – 
if this team goes four and thirteen, and, and they certainly look like it's a four and thirteen type of team right mm. now, you got to anyway. fire them. You have to fire them. Does, You'd have to, right? Like, yes. I can't imagine you'd just be like, we've had back-to-back four-win seasons. we got to bring them back for a third year. I just, I don't know. Well, I, it stinks to have to start over, but, man, I don't know if he could survive it. Now, you know, the NFL and coaching in particular, I'll say that college, you know, you're watching how quick, like, Chris got moved out at uh, Whiskey, that with the money that's being paid, with the attention to your team and and how they're dissected, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, go down the list, 9,000 channels, your longevity is totally based on wins and losses at the college and pro level right now with that type of money out there. Oh, entirely. I mean, I'm based in Colorado, and people want Nathaniel Hackett fired right now. He's a bad He's a bad head coach, I'll be honest. He, he's another guy in over his skis. He is, and there's no doubt about that. But when in our lifetimes has we ever been firing a coach after seven games, other than maybe Urban Meyer? But that was more, man, there was there was a lot going on with Urban Meyer other than just wins and losses. Like, he was a, just a disaster from the start. Hackett's not winning games. His offense isn't working. It's not like he's a bad guy or anything. It's just the Denver fans wanted him gone in September, and I was like, "Come on, that's ridiculous. We're not. This is not the SEC. Like, you're not firing an NFL head coach after three games. That's not going to. But now we're seven games in, and Broncos fans were leaving the stadium when they were down sixteen nine yesterday in the fourth quarter. They were just like, "No, we're done with this team." And a new ownership group is going to be like, "Whoa, we need to do something. Can't get rid of the quarterback. He's stuck because that contract. The head coach has got to go." I don't. I, I honestly, as I sit here, I don't know that Nathaniel Hackett lasts one year, a full year with the Broncos, and that was never the case. That was, ne- I mean, for years and years and years, it was unheard of. For even one and done was rare, but less than one, and now we might have that two years in a row. Oh man, you're right. It is the landscape is entirely changing. I'm not saying that uh, Campbell should be fired in Detroit in season. I'm talking about at the end of the year. If yeah. the body of work says four and thirteen, don't tell me about your half a game improvement from the year before. I, I need to see this team somehow scratch out, you know, six and you know, eleven, uh seven and ten, and you had this great run at the end and uh you blew a couple of games you should have won and it would have been close to five hundred. I think that's a survivable a number in my mind for Campbell and his coaches to get another year. Yeah, and I always say it's contextual because not all records are the same. I mean, if let's say that you know uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's done for the season, and DeAndre Swift never comes back, and Jared Goff gets hurt in the next game, and they end up somehow winning five games, like you might be like, hmm, that wasn't that bad, like you know. So it's all contextual, and I hate just putting a, a number on it. Like you have to win six games but i think if it just continues like this where what is there what is there to hang hat on with the detroit lions right now if their offense isn't even scoring touchdowns anymore now you just got a bad offense a bad defense and a losing team like there's nothing really where you can look at and point to and say well this this is going right it's not bouncing our way right now but these things are going you can't even say that right now so yeah i mean it's all, we'll see we'll, we'll see at the end of the season what it looks like but i don't disagree with you on the premise that there's he's got to win some games the rest of the year i i just again it would be hard to sell the lions fans on yeah we're giving this guy a third year even though he has seven wins through two years amen frank schwab yahoo.com national nfl insider checking in here on the huge show 
across Michigan. Well done. Love the conversation. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right, Frank Schwab.